Hey, what's up everybody? Tim Sisler, Arthur Solomon here, the Solomon Group, and we have the pleasure today to talk with Anthony Head. Oh, Who is this guy, man? This guy is a culinary genius. He run, he was running chicken heads, and guys, he's, he's got a lot of stuff in the oven right now. Big time uh, entrepreneur. Big, yep. so, big time entrepreneur from Dayton. We're excited to have him here today in Northampton to talk to him and, and share his story. Thank you for being here, brother. Hey, man. I'm excited to be here as well. <laughs> we got a little game going, so oh, this yeah. is pretty fun. Go ahead and break. All right, let's make it happen. Cutthroat's the name of the game, man. That's right. Well, we just were sitting there talking to you and asking you questions about your entrepreneurial journey and you know where you've been. You make amazing food and you've been in the business for a long time. So why don't you tell us like how you got started and where, you, where you grew up and how you you know why how we're here right now? It's a pursuit of passion, man. So it's all about me just trying. Right, number one, it's all about me just pursuing. Yeah, it's all about me just pursuing my passion when it came to food. I was actually a pre-med student about a decade ago. It was my thought that I wanted to be a family doctor, but I've always loved cooking. My father didn't take over cooking duties as a young person. You know, we grew up in a home where my mom passed away when we were younger. So it was a house of all dudes. My dad said, you want to cook? Read the box. So that's what I did. When I had an opportunity to take some additional classes, uh, at St. Clair Community College in Dayton, I did. So I took pre-made classes during the day and the culinary arts classes uh, in the evening. One thing led to another man, I started working in restaurants, opening restaurants. The great thing about my career, which I think really influenced my entrepreneurial spirit, is that I always work with either independent restaurants or entrepreneurs. So when you're around that people, man, it's just like a bug, right? It's like a good kind of infection. You're around people who are working hard, trying to build their American dream, and it, it got me. Uh, even though I did work for other corporations throughout this time of uh, me becoming a business system analyst, the first part of my career, after I got into the culinary arts and started working for these entrepreneurs, I never knew I actually wanted to run my own business, but I knew it was the type of company I always wanted to work for. Right? It's a little something more behind it. When you know people, these people are your neighbors and they work on your behalf. You know, you know, we, we find out before going to the ranch and everything else like, it's more than a business relationship. We're part of a community. Sure. And um, I can come to work for you or you, know, you got your neighborhood kid cutting your grass. You see those dollars circulating in your community. So I think that's what really kind of got me into wanting to start my own business. Yeah, I think that's huge. That's, that's a very important thing. You know, you're, like you said, you're giving back to the community, but you're also growing yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, so the better you do, the better the community does. Absolutely, you know, man. And especially so, as we talk about small business right sure. now, putting our arms around another. It's like I said, when you pay me, when you buy a chicken sandwich from Chicken Heads, you're paying for my two toddlers' schools, some new socks, or new shoes, or T-ball fees, right? You'll spend with a mega corporation. That's fine and all. You may get what you want. Right. Those dollars are leaving your company. But I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, there's there's a huge difference in quality here. I mean, oh, you're spending. I, I would say the price is pretty comparable. Mm -hmm. so, you know, if you go, if you go to you know BW3 or something like that, um, the prices are pretty comparable. But your product is 100 million yeah, times sure. better. I love I mean, you. You, you well, you love the food. How awkward is that? I love yeah. you. you <laughs> I come here today, and the first thing we're talking about is how you enjoy your meal. Right? Oh man, that I means mean, everything. To I like a drink. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who's who? Tiger, what is it called? The Tiger? Yeah, the Tiger, 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 tiger I mean, tiger, I said Tiger Woods is our champion. So you got <laughs> your own call, right? It's a traditional right. tea and lemonade. But you know, that's actually a trademark name, so we couldn't use it. So what's the next best golfer? I mean, come on, right. generation, right, right. Tiger Woods. And it's a mix of some great flavors. So we'll talk about yeah. the layers of complexity. But as I said all the time, my food, my product that I'm putting out is a love letter to my community. I'm going to run into you one day. If you had a good experience by a restaurant, yes, we did what we're supposed to do. But if you had a bad experience by a restaurant, oh man, I cringe. I can get a thousand great reviews. 
But it's the one review where we didn't quite hit the mark that makes me feel like, oh my God, we gotta get better. We're not where we want to sure. be. And you always want to get that with a small business. A big corporation, they don't care. You know, just, if it doesn't impact their stock price, it doesn't give me any bad PR, they don't care. But for me, every single review matters. And I can't spend my life worrying about every complaint, but the reality is I want people to feel like they've been taken care of. I want people to feel like when they spend money with me, it's not just taking care of a small business owner, taking care of a neighbor, keeping dollars in the community, but it's worth it. You know, yeah. you know that's, I, I sell $12 chicken sandwich. But yes, it's worth it because you're getting all my fine dining experience, you're getting quality product, you're getting wholesome recipes. And if it ain't right, come back to us. We do what we can to make it right. Well, sure. And those those uh, reviews are so important because they, they validate you. Mm -hmm. I think you're up. Oh, okay. They validate you and, and your service and your food, you know, within the community. They make sure that everybody understands, like, if you have chicken heads, you're going to get a great sandwich or you're going to get a good Great Carolina Gold Barbecue. Oh, and a great you know? experience. The experience <laughs> going over that. Oh man, yeah. I felt like I was at home. You know, Listen, it was. And the thing is, you're you're not hiring bums off the street. You know, your your staff was a quality. It's quality staff. Yeah. You know, they all they were pleasant to be around. They were joking. They were they were laughing, having a good time with us. Yeah. You know. Um, I love it. It was an awesome experience. That makes me proud. You see that just hearing that, and I've heard it a thousand times. Just hearing it once again. It really speaks to the culture that we're trying to build. Those are my neighbors. I hire sure. my neighbors' kids, my friends, former students. They come into the place. You know, they say all the time that people leave companies because of the managers. And that's that's critical. I, in fast food, we are not immune to that. We have turnover at 150%. That's everyone. That's even Chick-fil-A, some of the best, our apex right. kind of predators. They can't get enough people right now. But no, no one can. So that's what, you know what I love is even though we've had our temporary business shutdown, is that we have staff saying, Chef, I can't wait to get back to work. That's what that's what we want around your company because those type of people are going to help your, your company be successful whether you're on site or not. You know, I hear I love the compliments that yeah, when I'm in the shop, everybody had a great experience. But I love them more when I'm not there and people say, "Man, I had a great time oh, yeah. in your space." People were kind. That's the culture. Well, you just can't train that stuff. You got to hire folks to come in with that. You know, when we were there, you were you were mostly focusing on that giant catering order you had, I think. Oh, was it I mean, wings it was, or something? Huge. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Somebody was bringing us oh, some yeah. cakes or cookies or something. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, yeah, somebody was bringing cake. That's right. And uh, and it was basically, I mean, we got to talk to you for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. But the staff is actually who we mostly interacted with. It was great. Yeah. It's um, just about me. That, again, that, that makes me proud about it. And what I love, probably one of those catering words that I love you more, is probably one of our local fire police departments. And I was okay. telling the local police officer the other day, you know, all the challenges we're having across this country, and he was saying, yo, we like to support the businesses within our district. I said, that means so much because we have, we set people up to be kind of, you know, kind of like enemies or us versus them. It's like, no, man, we are a partnership. We live here. Even when the cops don't live in our community, they support our community. It means a lot when they come in. They can go anywhere. You know what? We're going to pick you guys today. And sure. I just love, you know, have that interaction. And our fire department, those guys are some real heroes, man. If someone gets hit to a great restaurant in the city, they tell everybody else in the right. units, and they all come to us. So when they have their union meetings, man, they come. That's more likely one of the big caterers that we got. It just, really? It means everything, man. That's just, I mean, just think about it. You feel good because you know you're doing something good, but when it's good enough, people say, yo, this is good, and I want to share this with everybody else that I know. That means a lot to me. So it, the investment is more than monetary, man. That's what we're doing, you know, because yeah. it's worth it. I mean, I, I really hope that everybody who's watching this goes and tries your restaurant. You we'll open up but again. I was going to say, so for the next, the next new year, spot, the next spot. year, what's your yeah. big plans? Oh, man, great. We're actually targeting. Shot, by the way? Your so, shot. Yeah, it's my shot. Oh, okay. yeah, your shot, yeah. <laughs> so we are, um, yeah, we're just looking to uh, grow a bit. We had a minor business disruption, uh, but what it did is really made us look forward to the next five years. 
and we're trying to get a larger uh, restaurant that's going to allow us to do not just cook the food. I've been saying our theme for this is more than a restaurant. It's getting us to um, actually develop a production facility so that we're able to make those lemonades in mass, get them out to retail stores, stuff sure. like that. And my growth plan, once we get this building procured, is in the next six to 18 months, putting shops in Columbus and Cincinnati. Every great chicken restaurant of my type has started uh, around a college campus. So yeah, we're gonna show love to UD and Rice State and St. Clair, but yeah, we pretty much wanna go up there and get to our Buckeyes, go Bucks, and then get down to <laughs> Cincinnati, show them some love as well, man, so. What about Wittenberg University right here in Springfield? You got any plans? Hey, man, it's all there. I wanna, I want you know, you asked about every small business, if we're being honest with ourselves, wants to be a big business. Of and course. to your point, absolutely. Cause listen, I, you know, it's funny that you say this, I went to Ball State in Indiana, and I actually, I remember, funny enough as it is, one of our favorite meals at Ball State was a chicken tender night. Here I am, 20 years later, making chicken tenders for a living. So uh, I was a finance guy then. I had no idea I would, my life would have taken the twists and turns that it has. But I'm happy it does. I found something that I really enjoy, whether it's chicken or just the business itself. Because as you guys know, uh, we can all sell houses. We can all sell chicken. But it's really the game. It's the people we meet and the strategy behind it. How do we enhance people's lives having sure. experienced us? And that's what it's about. Oh, I can show you a house, I can show you a house, get your financing. But that's not what we're trying to do here, right? We're trying to give a little bit more of that because as you guys know, as we've talked even off air, it's like, when can I, when, I, when do I get an opportunity to work with you guys? Sure. Uh, but I was driving up and I said, man, Arthur, guy, he's cool. We met something non-business related, but because of his persona, because of his professionalism, that's when you want to engage to grow your own business. And that's how this stuff works. Whether it's over the golf course or bowling alley or little billiards table. Right? So, <laughs> that's yeah, right. I like our first experience. First experience we had was with the rain, right? Oh, yeah, man. Good time. Good time. Hey, hey, you got to do that again. What's yeah, up, Watson? Let me go home. Well, you can't go home, man. We're going down. So, watch, watch and say hi for the camera. Yeah, go say, go say hi to the camera, son. This is my junior. Last of the morning, say hi. Oh, you being shy now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you they weren't shy just a couple minutes ago, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can say hi, of course. Don't say hi, Jeremiah. <laughs> See the last, I got four of them. You can say hi, yeah. Hi, hey, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. One year from now, you guys will be all grown, running chicken heads. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, and the thing is, you know, we talked about that right before we started, right? Whether it's our companies that we grow or just entrepreneurs, it's the it's the mindset, right? How, think of the choices we get to make. Uh, I make choices to invest in a building or invest in products to serve my community, invest in time. Uh, we come out here, right up to Northampton, it was worth the ride. So, oh man, I made a commitment to come hang out. I was here. I was like, oh man, I gotta get there. Because that's what it's all about. That's the relationships that are so important. You don't get those. If you're in the office every day in a little cube, it's like the antithesis of developing relationships. You're in a cubicle, kind of close off. We call it a gopher farm. You're in a little hole doing your work. What a baby daddy's a happy call. Um, so it's so important that we continue to invest in relationships and give them the flexibility to do that. They want to work with somebody, so be it. You know what, but I'll tell you right now, I'd rather them work for a small firm where they know the CEO. I'm the CEO of my company. You guys come in, you see the CEO putting chicken out. And oh, yeah. at some point I'll get away from that, but it's still important that I have that community connection. You know? How important is it, would you say, as a father, fatherhood? I'm oh talk about that all the time. How all important time. is it to leave a legacy to the kids and not just, you know, have to, I don't know, like, for my kid, I, I want to tell him entrepreneurship. You know, you yeah. start your own business rather than just working for somebody else That's and enriching it. somebody and, and leaving a legacy for them. That's the legacy. We think the legacy is a building or a business or a fat bank account. You know what I love? One day they're going to see this broadcast or videos sure. I've done. They see they've been a part of it. They'll see that they've been a part of my life. There's an area in every restaurant that I work in for the rest of my life that I have an area that's family friendly. 
See, family friendly is just can kids come in and hang out. I was like, what about the family of my staff? How do we develop po uh, policies and the culture that makes a family? That's the legacy I want to leave. You can build something. You can shape it for what you want it to be, right? And that's what it's all about. Wealth is defined differently now. And I look at my P&Ls, I look at my bank accounts, my wealth is so much different because I'm looking at, well, I have a home, I have a safe space, so we have access to go travel and do things we want to do. And the real wealth, as I find, particularly as a father, is time. I'm on the clock, gentlemen. When I'm the boss, I'm on the clock, and guess what? My babies are here, and we're playing billiards, right? Right. How, what time of benefits will this yield? People seeing us have this conversation, knowing that we can come together. I'm not even playing a game, huh? You wanna play a game for me? <laughs> come over here and shoot. So that's it, man. It's not just seeing something that's built, but actually being a part of it, right? So Sherpa's all about, they, them seeing it from the ground up, that they were a part of this from the beginning, and that's something you just inherit. You know, Buffett talks about not wanna leave any of his wealth to his children. And I said, like, oh man, it's crazy, you're a billionaire, you got this money. But you know, if he talks about a lot, he doesn't want them to be spoiled. They have what they need, they've had a good life, now it's on them. And that's what I want uh, sure. these boys to have as well. Well, well have to do it, man. He was talking about he's gonna leave his kids a hundred grand, that's it. Hey man. That's what I heard. Yep. I mean, you can get mad at that, but guess what? Why not? If you can make it happen, if you haven't, if you think the most important thing that's happening in his family, hold up, baby. The most important thing happening is money versus how do you manage money, how do you build business, you know, how do you manage your, your wealth over time. You know, whether it's 10 grand or 100 grand, you'll make it happen if the knowledge is worth it. Well, and it sounds like you're already, you know, spreading wealth to them by, by giving them experience and teach them how to do this kind of stuff. You know, because they say, they say, uh, what was I saying? Weak uh, men make hard times. Hard times make strong men, you know? And I'm sure you've gone through some hard times. Oh yeah. But you're gonna raise some strong men. And that's what we have to. You know, that's again we talk about legacy, the what endures. One of the things I saw about recently is that when you raise your sons, when a father teaches his son, you're teaching your grandson, right? It's just, that's the thing. So today he's three. You wanna hold the stick? He's gonna learn how to hold the stick. Come on right here to the cue ball. He's learning how we communicate, how we play. Come on this side, son. I'm gonna turn you around. So now he's learning, just being here, he's gonna be terrible. You wanna push him? <laughs> he's gonna be great. I like this, that is, this is his practice round, right there. Right? This, is his, this is his practice round. All right, see, that's what we did. Right? Almost. Oh, man. You get anything in there? Not yet, all right. <laughs> it's not, not a great game, but you know, even in that, you know, it's not about win, 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 score, 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 more, more, more. It's this. Yeah. You can do this for hours. You should take a shot yourself, and you, you got a celebrity shot right there. Let me get mine down this way. All right, boys, watch out. Get your hands down off it. This will be that two down into that. That one's your ball. Fucking, yeah. Oh, almost. <laughs> Been a while. It's in both. All right, Sweet. Yeah. Y'all score, baby. Y'all take it. Boys, come sit down over here. That's the way to get what was it? What kind of sparked your interest and, and started what, making you want to like chase a, a dream of culinary arts? Oh man, spark it. The dream, I mean, formally, was how it made people feel. I think it started off from a healthcare perspective, is that um, we knew that a lot of people, particularly African American community, struggle um, with not so much what to eat, but how to prepare. It was a skill set. Right. So I think, when I, unlike everybody else in culinary school, it wasn't, I want to be a chef one day. It was, I want to learn how to cook so well that I can help other people cook well as well. <laughs> it makes sense. All right. <laughs> um, so when I, was in, when I was in school, I wasn't just learning to do it. I was learning to be able to teach someone else. And that's kind of where, um, come on, look, hold up. 
that's kind of what sparked the dream there. So I always wanted to share the cooking. Then I realized some people just are never going to do it. We like we like talk briefly about you know our love for food and everything else. Even though we have alternative careers, some people are never want to be in the kitchen. This is something never going to be a part of it. But everyone has to eat. In fact, I've said this often: is that cooking is the second most intimate thing you can do. Right? Hey, and if you don't listen, if we don't make these guys, humans don't exist. But if you don't feed them. Humans don't exist. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We can live, <laughs> right. Listen, we can live in caves. We can live on boats. We can live on the beach. Those two things we gotta do. So that's why I put my profession yeah, there. Yeah, I never right? thought about it like that. That's yeah, true. but you know, everyone can find everyone can find the importance of what they want to do uh, just by just having a real passion. For it. I'm gonna the ball down one of these guys. <laughs> well, um, well that was it. your ball anyway, so you don't want that to go in. <laughs> <laughs> well. No, no, hold up, baby. So, if you were say say you were say you were eighteen years old, but you had the knowledge and skill set that you got now, what would be different that you would have done earlier on in your entrepreneurial career? Hmm. If I was eighteen all over again, knowing things that I know, I definitely would pursue culinary arts. This is what I love, and this is why I think we're getting back to in America is building skill sets, building a technical skill set that we can then profit from. And I say this way. If I go to school and I learn something that I love to do, something I'm absolutely passionate about, I'm going to do that thing. Whether I do it for you or do it for me, I have that skill set, so I'm not without anything. You know, I, I'm always jealous of like the type of guy, the journeyman and the apprentices and all that. That's a skill. A plumber? A plumber could go all around the world. Maybe right. their ambition isn't outside their community or outside their city, but guess what? They know they can. That's a different type of freedom, right? When you have skills that you can use, that's a different type of freedom, man. So I would definitely, absolutely, unequivocally went to culinary school straight out of high school. Always had a love for cooking, but I let people scare me away. That's what's happened so often to so many young people. Oh, you're not going to make any money at that. Always oh, on a safe job. Oh, you want to go to college. Everyone doesn't have to go to college, you know? Right. I'll be first to say, I had a couple of degrees, had a great time in my college experience. I didn't grab a lot of dicks, had a lot of scholarships, but I'll tell you what, it's a scam. You know, I was, I was, Amen. Yeah. I, was I became yeah. a zombie. Because of what everybody told me, oh my God, I'm going to come to the report. And they, teachers say it all the time. Teachers who have, well, I'm an educator as well, but let's be real. Teachers who have all the education in the world are some of the most underpaid professionals in the world. 100%. So a hundred, a whole bunch of education does not equal financial success. Right. Guess what? It changes things. You know what's so much different when I know my bills are paid and I'm pursuing my passion? But if I'm pursuing a job that I kind of like and my bills are paid, that's a different energy going to work each day. It starts to affect you. Right? But when I'm making a great sandwich, I'm making a great sandwich because my basic needs are taken care of. In fact, as an educator, we talk about mass let's talk about what was it? Um, Maslow's we sell some of those mass hierarchy needs before some other strategy. Anyway, it talks about taking care of your basic stuff. If my bills are taken care of, I'm safe, I eat. That makes me feel better as a person. So I'm more able to give. But if you're worried about, oh man, if I'm a teacher, I pull in the parking lot, my, my tire, my engine light is checked, right. my, light on, my mortgage is late, I'm gonna be a different type of teacher than one who's all bills taken care of. And I use them as an example because I've been a teacher that's unappreciated, we love them, they should be paid a lot more, but the reality is you should be able to pursue and have a skill set that allows you to be happy in the work that you do and get a, a, a compensation for it. That's what I love about the game of entrepreneurship. If you're not getting paid, what aren't you doing? It's not blaming somebody, oh, the economy, oh, this, all that. You gotta make it happen every single day, you know? So that, that drive up here this morning was part of that entrepreneurial spirit. You gotta make it happen. I gotta get out here and make this connection. I made a commitment. 
I'm different now. I don't have to do these things, but I do them because that's what makes me different as a man, right? I made a commitment to get up here and do it. And don't learn that as much. The worst thing you have to do in corporate America is, I'm leave for work. So would you say that you would go back and you would try it? Like you would not take the naysayers out? You would just oh, go ahead and stick with your passion of culinary arts? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would have this 20 years ago. Absolutely. Unequivocally. <laughs> uh, if, I, if, I, if I really knew how successful I would be, I mean, that's not the cheat code there. You never know how successful you'd be. I'm successful now, right? I would have absolutely, I would never went to school. I would have been 18 years old in culinary school, 20 years old with associate's degree, all you really need in the culinary arts business. Work in some ice spot. I definitely would still work. I would have worked more places. I would have went to New York, I would have went to Cali, would have got on a cruise ship, I would have went to Europe. So I would have done all these things, uh, but I would have did it with reckless abandon with the intent to learn while I work. Let the world and my work experience be my education with the intention one day of doing my own thing. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so we had we had a, a conversation yesterday with our buddies uh, Jonathan Slark and Kyle Barger, and just to go back to what we were just talking about, basically they were talking about how it's a mentality shift once you once you actually are able to dump the nine to five, once you're able to actually start making money on your own, because it, your all your questions have been answered. Basically, mm-hmm. am I going to make it? That's it. He needed. And I would say most people, if you have the drive, if you have if you if you really really are passionate about what you're doing. You'll make it. Yeah, you will. And the thing is, you find out, because guess what? There's always going to be open doors. Sure. Everyone's hiring out there. I'm hiring. Every business. If I don't want to be a chef anymore, running my own, if I want to be CEO of my company, guess what? I ain't going to be on somebody's line. And it's not a downgrade. It's a shift. It's a shift back. You know what? Oh, this is too scary. This is too risky. Let me go back. But guess what? I'm going to respect my boss a little bit more. I'm going to think about why I'm mad. Let's go through a little bit more. Because right. I understand those challenges. If we raise our children to be entrepreneurs, Instead of just raising them to be kind of corporate stooges, right. raise every child to be an entrepreneur, whether they work on their own or not. So now when they go into the business, they'll say something like, man, my manager, all he does is sit in that office and pay work instead. No, my manager's in there planning out our menus, take care of paying nails, paying bills. Let me do my job better. Because if I do my job better, I'm going to save a labor cost. That's how I'm going to get a raise. Not show up on time and smile. Right. I understand the depth of what that person is doing to it. I've dealt, we've all dealt with it, right? How many people have you known who thinks they're smarter than the boss? But now that we're bosses, we say, you have no idea what right. I do. You think I'm starting to work at 8 o'clock and you show up? I've been up since 5 30. I tell my employees all the time, I've been up since 5 30. You're seeing me at 5 30 p.m. I've been up since 5 30 a.m. You're going to leave at 9 p.m. I'm not going to go to bed till 10 30. And I'm doing this all over. If I go to bed at 10 30, that's the early time, right? So they just don't understand it. You can't articulate. You don't come to work saying, I'm competing. I've been over 18 hours. They don't care. They care about that check, what they have to be. But if everyone in this country, it's like they do in Israel, where every person who turns 18, they have to do service. Two years. Two years, yeah, right? Sure. What if every person in our country, A, had to do service, which thank you for our vets and those who protect us. Uh, I got a son who's in Japan right now doing the same. Um, but if, not only if you do service, what if you have to work on somebody with the intention of running their business? It's an internship. Just seeing what it's like. You shadow the CEO. Don't shadow the line workers. Don't shadow the worker bees. Shadow the CEO say, wow, boss, this is tough. You have some tough decisions to make. Right? You know, it's so funny that you bring that up because I actually went to pre-med too at Woodbrook University. I mm-hmm. got a degree in biology and wanted to go to dental school. Oh, and yeah. Orthodontist. So I interviewed an intern, periodontist, red general dentist, orthodontist, did all this stuff. I was like, that's not for me. You know what that's I mean? That's not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit here all day in this office and just do the same thing every single day. Yep, I want to be out. I want to be talking to people. I want to be going to new places. Yeah. So, so that's it, man. That's, what, that's exactly what you're talking about. That way, work, you got apprenticeships. Our country was built that way. Every major skill set, even medicine, in, in, in past times, 
Everything was built on, can I do this? Do I want to do this? This is the work. I thought I want to be a lawyer. Oh my God, lawyers' jobs are boring as hell. Guess what? I got my, my, my legal team, they're brilliant. They're, I, and I'm, just, I'm more impressed with them to know that they've been doing something I wasn't willing to, but they're good at it. Because guess what? That's their passion. Yeah, to them, it's not boring. It's to them, not boring. It's, it's the most exciting field they could have gotten into. Correct, right? So, yeah, and that's, that's what we engage people in their passions. We're going to have great employees. That's what we get back to. I think this shift with the pandemic is changing things. People can't find jobs. I've heard of knocking against restaurants. You guys don't pay enough to do that. Oh, we got plenty of people who love being in our business, but they're afraid now. Because all of a sudden you realize being an employee isn't enough. And, you know, the government isn't going to take care of you forever. So what are you going to do? Change. Now the shift in mindset is happening in households across this country. Yes. We want more small business entrepreneurs. The country is built on it. It's sustained by it. You see the big brand names. They have to spend a lot of money to make that happen. But you know your neighbors. If you look, if you did a poll of your neighbors, your community, 75% of them are probably small business entrepreneurs. Right. You don't even realize it because you look at the McDonald's and the big brand names. They have to spend a, a big part of their budgets to convince you how important and how big they are. The reality is you're being supported. Your community is supported by your neighbors. Well, as entrepreneurs, every day, like no one, you don't have a boss to go and say, hey, I'm down today. You know what I mean? Today, I don't, I don't feel like going to work. Like, what do you do on a daily right. basis to get yourself up to where you're like, Ready to go, motivated, this is the plan, I might execute it. Well, you know, that's the best thing I love about entrepreneurship is you're allowed to give yourself rest. I'm taking 30 days right now, gentlemen. It's summertime with my kids. I've been a teacher in the past, but I've been back in corporate America. We're doing going through some transitions in our family and business. I say, I'm taking a break, right? Take two or three hours, do what needs to be done. I'm still trying to keep pace and talk about what we're doing with the company, doing some planning, checking in with my legal team, my finance team, make sure everything's kind of growing. But give yourself some rest. All too often, we we hold this hallmark of working ourselves to death. And that's not it. Yeah, Tim. We're not working to death. And that's good. No, Tim, let's be real about it. It's not about working yourself to death. We're trying to work ourselves to life. No, it means take a couple hours to do it. And something we thrive on. We thrive off moving and doing it. But at certain times, we have families and everything. What can you do? These boys are here with me on a business run, right? They're probably going to do some calls. They're probably going to sit in my accountant's office. Boring as hell to them. But they're getting to see it. But what I love for me as a father is I get to incorporate that. Okay, we're going to leave here, go to the Air Force Museum for a couple of hours. So I think finding that balance because you get these times back. So many chefs have told me, hey, chef, I know you guys are doing your shutdown right now. Take your time. Enjoy your kids. We, One of my uh, entrepreneur friends told me she promised her kid to take her, uh, take her to Disney World. I said, wow, did you ever go? I said, she's graduating next week. I said, did you ever go? She said, so they were kids. She promised her daughter right. at 10. And they have a successful business. You know, by all accounts, it's successful. But... The time is what you don't get back. So this, uh, you talk about getting yourself motivated, being stepping away from it and coming back to it makes a difference. You know what I'm saying? See, you know, I, I, like, I need to take a vacation. Take like, a vacation. How, when was the last time you took a vacation? I've never taken a vacation. Never. Take a vacation. Uh, you guess what? You'll be an old man one day. And guess what? It's nothing. Good day. Take three day vacation. Do a staycation. Do something. Just I'd to love, bring it up. I'd love to try, but I don't know if I could. I could. You don't know. That's the best thing about it. It'd be tough to, to clear my mind. And he has a shirt and everything. He's, <laughs> he's ready to go. He's, listen, get on some beach, man. Listen, I'm let the, the water hit the wet, man. The waves on the beach. Consciously, you're there. I need it. We just I'm gonna hit went to Kalahari over there and see Dusty. Go ahead. Oh, you got this. There you go. Uh -oh. You got some work to do. We're gonna work on technique. That's all right. T-ball first. Soon. Probably before uh, billiards, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, well, you know, we're coming up to closing. We're getting ready to finish this up. So anything you want to tell everybody? Any way to get a hold of you to help you out anyway? Yeah, man, we're excited. So we're doing a temporary shutdown right now. Hold up, son. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm Anthony T. Head, the people chef. 
Check us out. Uh, our webpage is chickenheadsdating.com. Like us on social deal. media and uh, Facebook at chickenheadsdating. Like our page and kind of stay tuned. Then you'll see our updates. We're ready to open up again. I am working aggressively, even during vacation times, to get you back <laughs> open. As I tell everybody all the time, we can't wait to feed you again soon. Thank you, Dayton, surrounding areas. It's, it's why we do it. Yeah, guys, let's make this a worldwide brand. I appreciate you being here. Indeed. <laughs> it's incredible food. So. Definitely check out Chicken Head. Definitely check it man. And uh, Baby's got a new location coming up, but that's what we're about right now. Yep, let's go <laughs> online. Like our page. <laughs> See you guys later. See you guys on the next one.